Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, November 16th. Coming up on the show today, we've got an interesting slate of sports to pay attention to on Tuesday evening. We will, of course, preview the college football playoff rankings that are coming out. But we begin by talking with Mike Herndon and trying to figure out what exactly has made this Titans organization so capable of overcoming adversity and exactly how fans should feel about their team heading into the final stretch of games. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, and you know the deal by now. They've been in business and they've been in Nashville for over a decade, and they've been successful because they are trustworthy and their process works. If you own a home and you're thinking about making a huge decision, financially or otherwise, make sure you talk to the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Talk to the Kingston Group. It's not that much to ask. Just have a conversation. I promise you will benefit. BuildKG.com. The Tennessee Titans are 8-2, dominating the division, and are atop the AFC as the one seed. But the offense still has some major questions without Derrick Henry and Julio Jones. Yet this team just keeps winning, and have done so in every conceivable way. They are beating really good teams and cruising into the second half of the season. I am still amazed at how well this team has been able to overcome adversity under Mike Vrabel and to a lesser extent John Robinson. So in my mission to find out exactly what makes this organization so strong from a foundational level, we bring in Mike Herndon, at Mike Miracles on Twitter, to find out why he thinks this Titans team is so capable of overcoming difficulty that is thrown at them, and exactly how Titans fans should feel following another close win on Sunday. I, th- I think at this point you have to kind of trust this team to get get it done by some form or fashion. I mean, it hasn't. Uh, always been the same formula, but I, I think in some ways that's a mark of a good team, right? They they can win games multiple ways, and, and I think yesterday's game it was, uh, or Sunday's game was the special team stepping up, making a play that was huge, um, and really having a good day consistently throughout, along with the defense and, and the offense doing just enough. Like the offense is still uh, converting in the red zone, which is huge. They're doing some things situationally. They're not moving up and down the field like you'd like them to. Um, but they've also played two really good defenses as they're trying to kind of find what this next version of the offense is without Derrick Henry. So I, I think we've got to give them some grace to get that worked out. But listen, it, I think this is kind of a big week. You know, it, Houston isn't the toughest opponent, but it's obviously easy, easy to see a letdown potentially after, you know, five straight weeks of, you know, teams with winning records, teams that, you know, are at the top of their division that are tough, that are expected to be playoff teams. Five straight weeks of that, and then you go play one and eight Houston coming off of a bye. It would be easy for them to have a letdown, but I feel like it'll tell us a lot about, one, where this offense is, because as bad as as the offenses look, there's been two really good defenses on the other end of that the last two weeks. Now, if they're struggling to move the ball against Houston, we'd probably need to have a bigger conversation about the offense after that. But then two, where's the mentality of this team? Can they come out and handle the success and handle everybody talking about them being eight and two and, and possibly the, the, you know, contender for the one seed and all this other stuff. Can they handle that with a team that has one and eight next to them on the, on the standing? So I think that'll tell us a lot about the team one way or another. I've been asking everybody that I know about sort of what makes this organization, you know, sort of structurally, foundationally so capable of overcoming injuries or adversity. They've had, I think, 80 plus players on their roster, the record for a season in the NFL, different players 
I think is 87. They're about to break that record. They've lost their, their biggest star weapon on offense, at, you know, in Derrick Henry. And yet somehow John Robinson has constructed a roster and Mike Vrabel has developed and coached that roster to a point where they can continually overcome these things. Do you have any thoughts on why that is? And again, I don't, you can use all the cliches if you want to identity culture, you know, whatever, but do, do you have any opinions on what, what is it about this organization that allows them to sort of next man up overcome adversity? I do feel like part of it is, is that they do have a defined identity. Like when people say Titans football, I think you immediately think big physical, uh, you know, win in the trenches kind of football team. And I think that is uh, part of it. But I think the biggest thing to me is Vrabel and his coaching staff have become elite developers of talent. Almost everybody on this football team, when they come here, gets better and has played their best football while they've been playing with the Titans. And, and I think you see it from guys like, and I think Tier Tart is kind of a perfect example. The coaching staff has developed him from a guy who couldn't hit a blocking sled to a guy who is very difficult to block and is beating Quentin Nelson uh, in, in matchups against the Colts and things like that. This coaching staff makes players better. And that goes from the very top of the roster guys like Ryan Tannehill, guys like Derrick Henry, who, you know, two, three years ago, uh, before he really hit his stride, there was talk of them trading him and he was losing snaps at David Fluellen. He's looking at how much better he's gotten since he's been here. I, I think we give a lot of credit to the talent of the players, and that is absolutely rightfully so. First and foremost, they're the ones making the plays, and Mike Vrabel would be the first to tell you that. But this coaching staff makes players better. You come here and you play better football, and that's been consistent for just about everybody who's come through the doors under the Mike Vrabel era. And I think that is why we see them get good play out of guys like Dylan Cole, out of guys like, uh, you know, they've got Monty Rice out there playing a lot of snaps. Chris Jackson, a seventh-round pick. A year ago, you know, notwithstanding the last game, which was rough, but was really good for them for over a month. They're getting really good play from guys that, you know, were off the scrap heap. And I think that's because Mike Vrabel and his coaching staff makes people better football players. And, you know, you look, you can look at it. Khalif Raymond's now a starting wide receiver, the leading wide receiver on the Lions, which, you know, low bar, sure. But what was Khalif Raymond when he arrived in Tennessee? Nothing. And now he's, he's off being, uh, you know, a leading receiver for another NFL team. I, I think this coaching staff and their ability to develop players from a, a just hands-on coaching standpoint is really the secret sauce of the Titans organization. That was Mike Herndon, the artist formerly, and I guess still currently known as at Mike Miracles on Twitter. I think there was a lot of truth to his answer about talent development. Vrabel's very hands-on coaching style from the very top to the very bottom of the roster, which is the third different answer I've gotten when asking this question. John Glennon of Sports Illustrated spoke last week about how good Vrabel and his team are when their backs are against the wall. That's about motivation and leadership. Jonathan Hutton of Outkick 360 pointed to the administration's ability to fit specific situational skill sets together to form a complete roster. One guy is great in the slot. One guy is great against the run on short yardage. One guy is great at covering tight ends, and all of them are physical and can tackle well. So when you start to piece these answers together, leadership, motivation, hands-on player development mixed with targeted acquisition of situational skills, along with a very specific identity built around toughness and physicality, well, you can begin to see exactly why this team is able to lose players like Jayon Brown, Bud Dupree, Amani Hooker, Derrick Henry, Taylor Lewan, Julio Jones, and Brett Kern, and still find ways not only to piece it together, but to flourish. 
So the next time you want to run to Twitter to fire off short-sighted, in-the-moment hot takes about how the coaching staff should be fired or how the general manager screwed up another draft pick, I would say take a second to make sure you're not missing the forest through the trees. This Titans team has the best record in the AFC right now because of the roster John Robinson has assembled and the coaching job that Mike Vrabel is doing. Yes, the players really get all of the credit, but as far as those two roles go, head coach and GM, it is almost impossible to argue against the job that they have done with this Titans team. Of course, coming up on Tuesday night, the third installment of the college football playoff rankings. And with Oklahoma at number eight, the only team in the top 10 losing, you could, in theory, see the top seven all stay the same. However, there's a couple of things to watch. Alabama, of course, for SEC fans at number two, do they stay there? I would assume that they will. Does Cincinnati jump into the top four? Does Ohio State jump Oregon? Does Michigan jump Cincinnati after their win over Penn State? How high does Oklahoma State and Baylor and Oklahoma fall? That trio in the Big 12 could still work their way into the playoff, and that could affect two teams in the SEC. Where do they have those three teams and in what order down the list? All of that stuff is going to be super interesting uh, in the college football playoff rankings. Listen, it, it is th- this should be one of the tamest and mildest rankings releases because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of controversy there uh, in terms of the top four. Again, nobody in the top seven lost. We've got some huge games coming up this weekend, and that should shake some stuff up. But I would expect on Tuesday night this week that there's not a whole lot of drama and a whole lot to discuss coming out of the college football playoff rankings. And of course, in the back end and in the SEC, how far does Texas A&M fall? How high does Ole Miss rise? Where does Auburn end up? Does Mississippi State find its way into the rankings? Arkansas probably going to take a jump as well. So it should be interesting to see what some of these other teams do in the top 25, as if the top 25 is actually important. Because again, if you're Tennessee and you're number 27 or 28 or 29, that's really not any different than being number 23 or 24. So don't take it personally if your team is not ranked in the top 25 by the committee. It's completely arbitrary. Otherwise, enjoy the rankings. The 440 is delivered to you every single morning for free by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. And if you have a home and you may ever need some work done on it, big time stuff, make sure you talk to the Kingston Group. You need a plan. It's not that complicated. BuildKG.com is the website. Remember the name, the Kingston Group. A couple of things to keep an eye on, of course, on Tuesday afternoon. You've got the USA back on the field, the pitch, I should say, in FIFA World Cup qualifying after their big 2-0 win over Mexico on Friday evening. They will travel to Jamaica at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon. The Predators are back on the ice as well. They will travel to Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs, that one at 6 p.m., In college basketball, number 10 Kentucky will host Mount St. Mary's at 6 p.m. Georgia will host South Carolina State. And number 14 Alabama will host South Alabama, that one at 6.30 p.m. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. My name is Braden Gall. Please follow me on the Twitters, at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter, at 440 Media on Instagram. We do really appreciate your support, so please share the product. That is really all that we ask. Again, thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, November 16th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.